WSJM News Now. This is the 5 o'clock News Block on News Talk Sports 94.9 WSJM. Brought to you by the Town Crier Wire. Download that free local news app today. In the newsroom, I'm Andrew Green. After the Michigan Senate Democrats proceeded with repealing the state's right-to-work law this week, they moved right into a vote to reinstate the state's prevailing wage law. Speaking out against both moves was State Senator Eric Nesbitt, who tells us prevailing wage means construction workers on public projects will have to be paid union wages. Their vote on reinstating prevailing wage is a cumbersome mandate on higher prices for taxpayer-funded construction projects. It'll increase prices from 20 to 30 percent. That means less highways being paved, less schools being built. Nesbitt says this will hurt schools. I hear from schools, local governments, community colleges, folks that are very concerned about having to pay more for less work or the same amount. Of work. You're going to see the same thing with, with roads, with the mandates that are there. Nesbitt says they at least could have made an exception for schools like they did in Ohio. He proposed an amendment on Tuesday to the right-to-work repeal that would have exempted businesses with less than 50 employees, but it was shot down. Nesbitt tells us the state is headed back in the wrong direction. The search for a new superintendent in Benton Harbor area schools remains on hold following a meeting of the Board of Education this week. Trustees were considering whether to officially start the search when uh, there arose debate about whether more community input should be sought before doing so. Those who wanted to wait said interim superintendent Kelvin Butts is doing a good job and his contract can just be extended. Trustee Ronaldo Triplett said the public needs to have more of a say before the job is posted. We don't have to have a new one right away. We have someone in there that has been doing some amazing work. It's not like we got somebody in there that's all over the place and what have you, so we don't feel comfortable enough to be able to, for once, bring these people to the table. Some of you all are out here that need to be at that table so we can say what we want and then we can go for it. However, Trustee Elnora Gavin said the board's biggest responsibility is to find a superintendent, noting the district has been without one since Andre Townsell left last year. She said Kelvin Butts should have the opportunity to apply for the job on a permanent basis. A vote to proceed with a search failed 4-3. to three. It was noted the contract for Butts will run out on June 30th and can be extended. What if you could keep chickens in residential areas of Lincoln Township? At a meeting last night, the Lincoln Township Board of Trustees heard such a proposal. Among the residents in favor was Sue Pasholka, who told us what they're asking for. To revise their current ordinance to allow for chickens in residential areas. Just a small amount of chickens, four to five, no roosters that make noise. I think it's a really important time that we take care of ourselves and our community. With high food costs, especially for eggs, supporters said the proposal could help residents. They're suggesting limits on how many chickens are allowed and rules on how they're kept. Trustee Stacy Laura Porter said she'd be concerned about ordinance enforcement complaints if chickens are allowed. Trustee Mark Florian suggested the Planning Commission study the issue. The board then recommended the Planning Commission do so. Meanwhile, Lincoln Township leaders are taking a proactive approach to the issue of marijuana businesses. At last night's meeting, the Township Board was told the local Planning Commission is considering the creation of an ordinance to govern marijuana businesses. A trustee, Mark Florian, also on the Planning Commission, told us even though marijuana businesses are not allowed in the township at all. We opted out, but if a statewide referendum were to occur, it, would, it could completely undo that. It would take away the right of a township to opt out. So what's the next step? Well, to have this ordinance, to draft it, to conceive it, to think about it in an anticipatory standpoint as opposed to a reactive standpoint, and have it, as I said, quote-unquote, on the shelf and be able to pull it off and enact it if and when we needed to. Florian said the township 
could have the ordinance ready to go in case there's ever a referendum that forces municipalities to allow marijuana businesses. It would cover where they'd be allowed, for example. Trustees last night talked about problems reported in other communities by marijuana businesses like traffic issues. The board told Florian the Planning Commission can proceed with drafting a plan. Two suspects are facing charges after shots were fired and a chase ensued in South Haven early today. The South Haven Police Department tells us it started about 2 a.m. on Michigan Avenue when shots were reported at a gathering with seven or eight people outside. Officers arrived to see a car leaving the scene and the chase started. It ended when the Van Buren County Sheriff's Department deployed stop sticks near the Kalamazoo County line. A 27-year-old and a 22-year-old from Kalamazoo were arrested and guns were found in their vehicle. No one was injured. A Bridgman special education teacher has been honored by Barry and Risa with its Excellence in Education Award for the year. For 19 years, the Parent Advisory Committee at RESA has saluted those teachers who make a difference in the special ed community in Berrien County. RESA Superintendent Eric Hofstock told us Melissa Payne is a special education teacher at Bridgman Elementary School. She's been a uh, teacher in special education for quite some time, but she actually is one of those just tireless, relentless teachers that you hear about in terms of well-connected to her kids. Their faces light up when they see her, and she is one of those dedicated, compassionate people that goes above and beyond. Payne received the honor out of eight nominees total this week. Hopstock says those who choose to be special education teachers are driven by our desire to make a difference with that drive often coming to them when they're young. We'll have a list of all the nominees at our website. Benton Harbor's The Ghost Light Theater has announced its 2023 season of performances kicking off May 11th with Shakespeare's Much Ado About Nothing. Next up for The Ghost Light will be the Broadway classic Cabaret, a play set in 1930s Berlin about the twilight of the Jazz Age as Germany was ascending to power. To close out the summer season will be Once, a musical based on the 2007 film of the same name. To support the season, the Ghost Light is hosting a cabaret fundraising event called It Might As Well Be Spring on April 1st. The theater's artistic director, Paul Mao, says this season's shows are sure to take audiences on uh, three very different journeys of exploration, love, humor, heartache, and self-awareness. You can find more information at the theater's website. And the Berrien County Youth Fair has announced its 2023 lineup of entertainment acts for the 77th event slated for this summer. Two of country music's most loved performers will highlight the announcement, with Craig Morgan slated to perform on Wednesday, August 16th, and Lee Greenwood taking the stage Thursday the 17th. Opening for Craig Morgan will be the up-and-coming band from South Alabama, the Red Clay Strays. Tuesday at the Grandstands will be Kids Day, which will feature uh, three circus shows. The weekend will conclude with a demolition derby on Friday and then Bull Mania on Saturday. Tickets for the grandstand events will go on sale March 29th at the Youth Fair's website. WSJM News Now continues with your Bloomberg Report. WSJM News Now continues, brought to you by Imperial Furniture and Dwajak, where furniture shopping is fun. The director of the Office of Management and Budget testified before the Senate Budget Committee on President Biden's proposed 2024 budget today. 
The hearing comes following two bank failures, adding urgency to questions about the economy's overall health. More maybe sees M. Win. Shalonda Young, director of the White House Office of Management and Budget, testified before the Senate Budget Committee on President Biden's proposed budget. Ranking member Chuck Grassley mentioned the bank failures of Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank, claiming they highlight how fragile the economy is under the Biden administration, given persistently high inflation. Some lawmakers outside of the panel, like Senator Elizabeth Warren, have called on Congress to learn from what has just happened with these banks and go forward by tightening the regulations. M1, ABC News, Washington. Fears about the world banking system spread to Europe as shares in the globally connected Swiss bank Credit Suisse plunged. The steep drop on Wednesday dragged down other major European lenders in the wake of bank failures in the U.S. At one point, Credit Suisse shares lost more than a quarter of their value. The stock price hit a record low after the bank's biggest shareholder, the Saudi National Bank, told news outlets it would not invest more money into the Swiss lender. Credit Suisse was beset by problems long before the U.S. banks collapsed. A judge today in Amarillo, Texas, is hearing a legal challenge to the use of what's known as the abortion pill. The conservative plaintiffs argue the FDA's approval of the drug 23 years ago overstepped its authority. ABC's Ann Flaherty tells us what the fallout could be if the plaintiffs win. The plaintiffs are asking this judge to overturn the FDA's approval of this drug. That means that doctors in any state, even in states where abortion is legal, would not be able to prescribe this drug no matter what. That's a big deal in that it's taking states like Oregon, Washington, New York. These are states that have really acted to shore up protection to abortion access. And this would be a judge looking at them and saying, "Okay, but you can't use medication abortion. You're going to have to only do surgery surgical abortions in your state. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin says he spoke to his Russian counterpart about the destruction of a U.S. drone over the Black Sea, which had brought the two countries closest to direct conflict since Moscow's invasion of Ukraine a year ago. Austin's call with the Russian defense minister today was the first in five months. Army General Mark Milley, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, said he also planned to talk to his Russian counterpart. That the two countries' military chiefs were talking underscored the seriousness of the encounter over the Black Sea. What is the aviation system telling us? That's the question the acting head of the FAA posed at an aviation safety summit today in Washington. The meeting came after a series of recent close calls involving U.S. passenger planes. Here's ABC's Alex Stone. While the aviation industry meets to talk about ways to improve safety following recent near misses, the NTSB's Jennifer Hammondy told the group they have long had recommendations to prevent runway crashes and that federal agencies and airlines have not implemented them. One is 23 years old and still appropriate today on technology warning pilots of an impending collision. She said the cost has kept airlines from following the NTSB recommendations. Alex Stone, EBC News. Texas officials have announced the takeover of Houston's nearly 200,000 student school district. The decision today follows allegations of misconduct by school trustees and chronically low academic scores at one of the nearly 50 high schools in the nation's eighth largest district. Texas Education Commissioner Mike Morath told the district in a letter his agency plans to replace the current superintendent and the district's elected board of trustees with an appointed board of managers sometime in June. Democrats are assailing the move as political as Houston is controlled by Democrats and the state's leaders are Republican. Actor Ryan Reynolds just made a mint off of a mobile phone deal. Here's ABC's Jason Nathanson. Ryan Reynolds has been the spokesman and part owner of wireless company Mint Mobile since 2019, and that move just paid off big time. 
T-Mobile has acquired Mint Mobile's parent company, Kaena Corporation, for a deal said to be worth $1.35 billion. Reynolds and T-Mobile CEO Mike Sievert with the announcement in a video on social media. Oh, Ryan, we are so happy to have you and the whole Mint team join the T-Mobile family. <laughs> well, I wouldn't call it a family, Mike. A family is a place for misdirected hopes and dreams. I'm hoping this will be much better than that. The deal will reportedly net Reynolds hundreds of millions in cash and stock. Jason Nathanson, ABC News, Hollywood. For the first time in three decades, the American Kennel Club says the U.S. has a new favorite dog breed. The club announced today the French Bulldog became the nation's most prevalent purebred dog last year. Frenchies ousted Labrador Retrievers from the top spot after a record 31 years. Owners described the push-faced, perky-eared, droll little bulldogs as comical-friendly and loving companions. And the seaweed is coming. ABC's Sherry Preston has more on a huge amount of it, potentially headed toward Florida right now. Imagine flying from Boston nonstop to Hawaii, and all you see below you is seaweed. A bloom just that long, about 5,000 miles worth, floating right now in the Atlantic. That is moving westward towards the Caribbean region and will be making its way to the Gulf of Mexico and South Florida. Florida Atlantic professor Dr. John LaPointe says what it is is a type of algae, and that's okay. However, that much of it could affect a whole lot. Stinking of rotten eggs and possibly smothering fish and turtles expected to hit the Florida coast in June. Sherry Preston, ABC News. WSJM News Now continues with your weather forecast.